You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, everybody? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast. Coop, we are heading into the was it the dangerous week seven bye weeks here. I mean, I, I've looked over my rosters. You and I were just talking over kind of the bye week hell that we're in on some of our everybody is facing the same situation. And then we're dealing with the injuries that are going on along along the league as well. Are you surviving? How are you doing, man? I mean, dude, the bipocalypse is upon us. I, I've been warning. That was that was the good one. Yeah, that's, that's I, I, good I got you, dude. I got you. I I've been worrying. I, I've been warning my followers for of this week for I'm not even kidding, two full weeks now, and I still have people coming to me. Oh, I got to start Johnny Smith this week. Um, dude, I told you this would happen because this is the week that all the you know all the good waiver wire tight ends are on by. Knox, Schultz, Jared Cook. Uh, who else is it? The uh, Dan Arnold, Tyler Conklin, Pat Fryermuth. So uh, you've been warned, all right? So I don't want to hear anything from anybody with any tight end questions this week, which I know I'm going to get anyway, but. Of course, of course. And, and a waiver's pass, and now we're going to be heading in to the Thursday game here. Of course, Coop and I are going to go game by only, it was it 12 games, I think it is, or 11 games this week because of all the all the bye weeks and whatnot. So it'll be a little bit shorter, hopefully, maybe, maybe not. We go game by game here and give you our uh, the things we're looking for in each matchup, Coop. So let's just jump it off. Let's start it off with the Thursday night game. It's going to be an ugly one. We have the Denver Broncos facing the Cleveland Browns. Now, Coop, let me let me get your take here. Cleveland is still a two-point favorite in this game with no Baker Mayfield, no Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, Maybe no Odell Beckham Jr. Is Denver that bad that they're underdogs to a Case Keenum, Dernis Johnson-led Browns team? I mean, I, I just got to say that if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm sitting at home, and I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel disrespected by the fact that the line only moved two points. You know what I mean? When the quarterback's out. I think that just speaks to the fact that the, He's the not Browns— not that good. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the Browns team— is, you know, I mean, it's think about what it would, what would happen if Tom Brady was out. The right. line would probably move by Mayfield's out, move two. I'd be calling up Bucks in Vegas if I was Baker, and I'd be like, I demand you to move this line by at least four points, you know? Sure. So, but yeah, I mean, the, the, all the injury news and stuff just kind of made this game uglier, right? I mean, uh, so what did it open? You, I know you usually have it in front of you. What, what did it open up for an over-under, and where is it at now? So it opened up at 44, and it's only down to 41. I said, Vegas is just like... Oh, Baker's out, and then just went back to work. Right? They didn't. You know, they, they didn't. They didn't care. They didn't. They didn't care. There was. There didn't. You know. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> anyway, right? Yeah. 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 So oh, cool Thursday night game. All right, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. With with this situation, it's it, it's pretty rough. I would just try and avoid these guys. I mean, just in general, you know, when you get to this point in the season, I mean, the the quote has always been that by the time you get to midseason, everyone's hurt. Certain guys are injured and can't play, but everyone's hurt. And that's what makes these Thursday games so tough in, you know, in the early season, it's not so bad, but mid season, it, it gets pretty bad. You know, you only have a couple of days to recover. So I would avoid most of these guys. I mean, on the Browns, maybe DFS, you start Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's a kind of, he just looked pretty good. But I mean, a lot of it was on a Hail Mary that he caught, which, you know, isn't really a right. re- repeatable play, you know, but, you know, I've got a couple of really deep leagues where I'm starting you know, Darnus Johnson, but you know, those are plays that you make because you have to, you know what I mean? You're not picking up Darnus Johnson, starting him over a guy that you've been starting all year. So it's, you know, with the Browns, I think, and you know, the tight ends, they only run 20 of 40 routes, right? So 
Do you uh, think any of that changes, though? I, I, we talked a little bit about this before, so I just want to get you uh, on record for your answer here as well. If there's no Odell and there, and there are none of the regular running backs that they're used to, do you, is there going to be any sort of change in offensive philosophy given the personnel here? Like, is there a chance that there we have nobody else to run routes for us? Cooper, Joku, go out there, run wild. You're the offense this week. Yeah, I mean, they def- they, this team already likes to lean into the run, and they use a ton of not only two, but three tight end sets. So I bet we see a lot of that. One thing we do see sometimes is the uh, the backup or scout team corollary where, you know, you have Case Keenum out there running the scout team, working with the second group. And throughout all that, uh, you know, you end up having a couple plays that work for you. You know what I mean? It's, you have this play where, you know, Rashad Higgins runs a slant and, you know, a slant and go, and it's, it works in practice all the time. So the coaches are, okay, let's, you know, incorporate that here because you're comfortable with the guy. So sometimes you do see these guys come from behind the scenes and have big weeks with, with the starter. So, but that, that for me, that's more of a DFS thing. You can't get too cute with your active teams, you know, and then. With the Broncos, you know, the, we, we kind of know what the offense is, right? It's Sutton, it's Patrick, it's Fant as the pass catchers, and then the backs are split right down the middle. You know, at this, I mean, how do you feel about the Javante-Melvin split? You and I were kind of the only people possibly in the world that liked Melvin Gordon, and I still kind of am over Javante. What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean, point? listen, I think we talked about this last week as well. You know, until Denver starts really tanking, they're going to believe in them in their in themselves as a competitive football team, which, I mean, they are kind of a competitive football team. And once they get Judy back, I mean, again, that offense, but Patrick, Judy, Sutton, the two running backs, Bridgewater's not going to turn the ball over, and they have a good defense. Like, they're not a terrible team. I mean, but if you're a Javante Williams manager, you, know, you want them to be bad because that's what's going to lead them to play the rookie more. You know, if they're competitive, they're going to have Melvin Gordon out there, especially on third downs. To help with the pass blocking, but they're going to give them some of the carries there as well. So, you know, I think if you're someone that has Williams, you need to see them start losing these games. If you're someone like us that have Gordon, we want to keep him see winning because I think he's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. And, you know, Fant is a guy, you know, especially in week like this, if you got him, you start him, you know. So. Next matchup here, uh, we have the New York Jets going up against the New England Patriots, a matchup we've already seen this this season. In that game, Zach Wilson was throwing only to New England Patriots. I think he had four interceptions in that game. It was an ugly one. New England coming off another really tough loss to Dallas Cowboys last week. Uh, defensively, they broke down. Offensively, they looked pretty good. You know, they ran the football well against Dallas, and you know, Mac Jones was pretty solid there at times as well. I mean, we. We again, I don't know. You can't trust anybody in the Jets' run game. Is Zach Wilson gonna be any better against the Patriots' defense than he was? There's question marks there, you know. And is the Patriots' offense gonna be aggressive enough to put up enough points to make it matter fantasy wise? So, you know, that's kind of my take on this one. What are your, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're Patriots fans, so we root for the Patriots, but if you are a fantasy player, you gotta root for the Jets' offense to be competent, you know. The coach. Robert Sala came over and he switched the defense from a 3-4 to a 4-3, which, you know, there's a lot of growing pains that come with that. The Jets defense was always going to be not good this year, but good, you know, serviceable offense, bad defense is better for fantasy football. What the Jets are doing right now is just bad, bad, and, you know, it doesn't translate well to fantasy success. And we see that with an over-under for this game that's 42. You know what I mean? So it's not really the smash spot that people might think it is for the Patriots beyond, you know, potentially Damian Harris where you have. I do want to note that in the last game they played, Michael Carter did actually get more run and pass snaps 
than Ty Johnson before Ty Johnson was playing a lot of the pass plays. So, you know, maybe Michael Carter is emerging a little bit as an option. This uh, is this is what we're talking about, Coop, right? A, a rookie running back on a bad team is now getting more workload, right? Mm-hmm, the exactly. Jets, we're one and four. We're not going to win anything. Kevin Coleman, thanks for holding up the locker room for a little bit. Ty Johnson, really good preseason, bud. You know, now we're going to give the you know the fourth round pick you know the share of the workload to see what we got in him for next year's draft. So right. you know that this is what we want for Javante Williams if we ever get there. We're now seeing it come through with uh, Michael Carter. Yeah, and I think the Jets. Those are a lot of players that you stash, not quite start. So I'm stashing Michael Carter because you know Mackay Becton is a mountain of a man, and he's going to come back at some point. He's you know I don't, he's going to be back within the next week or two, but you know that changes everything really in that run game. You know I think he's the second biggest guy in the division. Uh, outside of Trent Brown, who is just, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a freak, but you know, Mekhi Becton is no joke either. And then for the wide receivers, I just hope that they are looking at the other team in, in New York, the Giants, and they're saying, oh, look at this Katerius Tony guy kind of ejecting some life into the team. You know, he, he only played like six snaps before he got hurt, but he had three catches last week. I think the Jets are finally going to start doing what you just were talking about, which is they say, okay, you know what? You know, we know Corey Davis is our split end. Let's see what we have in because they paid Davis for multiple years. Let's see what we have in, a, in Elijah Moore. Let's see what we have in Denzel Mims. Start doing the open tryouts thing that Dolphins were doing in 2019. The Dolphins would just, you know, put a different guy in there and see how he does. Isaiah Ford, they put him in for he played every snap one week and then they traded him. They were, yeah, we're done with this guy. We saw it. We didn't like next guy. You know, they should start doing those kind of like open tryouts, pseudo tryouts. And that's where the guys, you know, Elijah Moore has a couple big games and now all of a sudden he's an every snap player. So uh, those are guys you stash, not necessarily start. Yeah, I'm a, I agree with you there as well. Let's go to the next game. We have Cincinnati versus Baltimore here. I mean, you know, the Bengals offense has a lot of talent last week. You know, the receivers didn't really come through. It was the Joe Mixon show. Chris Evans caught a touchdown pass. CJ Uzama caught a touchdown pass. All against uh, Detroit, you know, Chase had his one big catch, but, you know, didn't find the end zone. Higgins not doing too much. And Tyler Boyd nearly non-existent in terms of production. So uh, you got Cincinnati, now they're on the road against Baltimore. And we know what the Baltimore offense is. It's uh, it's Lamar Jackson. We saw three different running backs score touchdowns. It was good to see Rashad Bateman get on the field and be productive. But that kind of seemingly came at the expense production-wise of Hollywood Brown. And, of course, uh, Mark Andrews continued to be the man. I, I started. Le'Veon Bell in a real league. Can you believe that? <laughs> I saw the tweet. I started Devonta Freeman in a real league. It's a it's a 14 team auction league. Who I had injuries to Gus Edwards and Mostert off the bat, so I had nobody else that I could deal with. I ended up putting them in my flex, and I uh, ended up finding the end zone. So. Yeah, mine was a dynasty league where it was just a nightmare situation. But anyway, don't start any of the Ravens running backs. The the guy that is kind of interesting to me, who I was I'm interested for dynasty, but I never I didn't even think about him for redraft because the Ravens are a team. And we talked about this last week where they use so much substitution, but the Ravens decided last week that they were, you know, that Rashad Bateman was ready and ready, ready. So he played a huge snap share for anyone on that team. I mean, Marquise Brown played 51 snaps. Rashad Bateman played 45. So, you know, and, you know, he was out there for run plays blocking. So it's not, you know, the issue with Rondell Moore is he's not really a good blocker. He's kind of a tiny guy. So he comes out for those snaps. I mean, Bateman played as close to a full snap share as you're ever going to get from the Ravens. So I'm actually pretty interested in Bateman, you know, can't trust him yet, but uh, a stash guy. And then obviously you said, Mark Andrews, you start him every week. You're happy. you happy you have him, right? Yeah, 100% there. Thoughts on the Bengals? So, you know, I, Joe Mixon is another guy you start every week. Your, your boy, Chris Evans, is starting to annoy me. 
Uh, he's clearly got some pass catching skill. I mean, that play, that not only the catch that he made going into the end zone there, but the move he made on that that corner was pretty. Right. It was pretty nice. So you know, I'm fine with them. You know, spreading him out and throwing it to him. But it's when it, when he starts taking snaps away from Joe Mixon is when it's going to start to bug me. But you know, could be an interesting stash in your dynasty leagues, man. The guy clearly has some pass catching chops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, that was one of the things that when we were. We were breaking down the the players all all these podcasts ago. You know what the, they said in his, his his scouting profile was that he could catch the football. We just kind of did the math and we're like, oh, no Bernard Evans can catch football. One plus one equals two. Took us some IGP around injury for really for it to make it happen or COVID rather. But but here we are and you know, yeah he's on the field. Next matchup Atlanta versus Miami. Coop, I gotta get your take. Do you believe these are Sean Watson rumors or not? I mean yeah, I just sent a tweet out saying like a one and five team is going to trade for a guy with 22 sexual assault allegations. And I put the video from Blink-22 in there where he goes, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> so that's kind of my take on that. What are they doing? Why would they do that? Why would you uh, do unless that? they have some sort of inside information on how the legal proceedings are going. I mean, yeah, that would be the one thing if they do, you know, if they do know that, know for a fact that he can play right now. The thing is, how quickly can you learn the playbook? You know, it's if they're even, if I'm an, NFL coach or GM, and I'm even remotely interested in just Deshaun Watson. I've already sent him the playbook weeks ago and just said, "Hey, you know what? Yeah. Like, do you remember? This. Do you remember when Gronkowski got traded from New England to Tampa Bay? He he had said he got the iPad like a month in advance, and then there was, oh no, I mean, I got it when I was traded, of course. You know, right. like, Tom Tom Brady gave him that thing a long time ago, and I'm sure Flores has already sent the gift bag package with the with the playbook in there while uh, Deshaun's been away. So if this trade is even happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I can't see, I mean, just the fans reaction to it. You're going to have so many people upset, you know what I mean? Kind of, it, it, it will certainly alienate, alienate the female fan base. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't, and it will alienate the, you know, I, I would be pissed as a Patriots fan if they traded for, Deshaun Watson, because, you know, it's why, why even bring that, you know, that kind of culture and attitude around? I mean, unless you know for sure that it, you know, nothing actually happened. And he's right. Gonna, unless he's, he's unless everything is getting dismissed and it was no, it was nothing but a smear campaign, civil money grab, you know, whatever, you know, it, right. I agree. Right. But then again, Antonio Brown's back in the league and we know what he was accused of doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you're, if you're talented, surprisingly, people kind of just say, oh, well, he's okay now. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now to the to the point of this game this week, you know, I think that with the Dolphins, you continue to ride Mike Gusecki. Now he's playing essentially he's playing wide receiver. He does. He played three snaps in line last week. Right. So this guy's playing wide out long term. I'm a little concerned for Gusecki because Will Fuller will be back. Devontae Parker's back this week. Jalen Waddles looks really good. So, you know, with a guy Gusecki that's playing wide receiver, when you have Waddle, Fuller, Parker back, what do they do? Do they roll four wide or do they take Durham Smythe or uh, Adam Shaheen out of the game and move Gusecki to inline? I'm not sure how they handle that at that point. So a little, if you are a Gusecki owner, roll them out now, especially with the matchup with the Falcons. But in the back of your mind, you might want to be thinking about the future. I mean, you have a four, you have a week 14 buy anyway, so you're going to need somebody at that point. Might want to stash somebody else just in case on that front. And then with the running backs, man, can you, are you even considering starting any of these Dolphins running backs? Nope. John? Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance, no, because it's just, it, it would be one thing if it was a split we could understand, but it, I don't understand it. It's, you know, it's one week, it's one guy getting all the work, another week it's split down the middle, then the next week, the guy 
that had the big game doesn't even play. So, you know, I don't know what to do about that. With the Falcons, you start Pitts where you have them. Be happy you have them. But you start Ridley. Ridley's playing, right? Yeah. You start Ridley. You start Cordero Patterson because, you know, it's by the kind of is. He kind of is, you know. And then Mike Davis, you know, it's there's nothing really impressive about him. But if you look at the game log, he's getting consistent touches. So, you know, I don't see why that would change. So if you're in a tough spot, I would trust him. I mean, would you start... Would you start him or would you start any? Would you start Mike Davis or would you start Dearness Johnson if you were in that situation? Probably Mike Davis. Right. Would you start Mike Davis or anyone on the Ravens? Mike Davis. Yeah. See, so it's he's kind of just one of those guys where you know he's a flex play if you don't have anybody else. He he's you know he is to me he's a guy that you you don't play at the flex but you start him at RB two if you have nobody you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been great, but, you know, there are certainly a lot of worse running backs that you could have you could have been playing this year. So, yeah, the uh, next matchup that we have on, on the card as we move over, we have Kansas City versus Tennessee. Tennessee coming off an impressive win at home against Buffalo last week. Kansas City pulling off a win against Washington. Mahomes, you know, keeps turning the football over, but it doesn't really matter. This one's got a 57 and a half game total coup. Points will be scored. Uh, Julio Brown, uh, Julio Brown, Julio Jones left last game with an injured Brown. We know actually had a good game, but he says he's going to be limited to an extent. You know, we know he's always got some potential injury problems and Derrick Henry continues to be a monster. Yeah, I mean, you said 57 and a half. That's, that's actually up. So it's gone up from where it opened. Yeah, yeah. It was at 56 and a half. It's up. Dude, this game's going to be a banger, huh? What a what a what a game. So yeah, that'll be a fun one. This is at one o'clock. That's so annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's weird, you know, because of it feels too high because I don't I don't I know Tennessee just put up thirty something points on a on a really good Bills team, but I look at that and they can only do it through the through the ground, right? Tannehill's not throwing for scores. Henry is running for all these touchdowns. So you know, you get I think they gotta really rely on him again this week. Uh, to keep Mahomes off the field even, you know, run the clock down to keep that Chiefs offense off the field. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, you obviously start Derrick Henry. You obviously start Patrick Mahomes. Daryl Williams, I thought we thought we saw the split the week before with Jerick McKinnon, and we thought, you know, maybe he would be split again, but no split, really. Daryl Williams yeah, had the full Yeah, it was job, disappointing so. that he scored twice because he only averaged three yards a carry. So, mm, yeah, <laughs> right. Not yeah. as if he was awesome. He just, they gave him the touchdown, so he came through. Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of the reason you were drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire, too. You know what I mean? He he was fine as a rookie. I mean, he had over 1,000 yards as a rookie but from scrimmage. But, I mean, he wasn't amazing. But at the same time, with an offense that's, you know, you can accidentally score a bunch of touchdowns, especially with Patrick Mahomes handing out uh, shovel passes left and right, he likes right. to do, you know? So, yeah, it's, you start Tyreek Hill, you start Kelsey, you start Mahomes. I, I just want to see – I just want to see Josh Gordon. Let him play. You know what I mean? Just – Give them a bunch of snaps. Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman, eh, eh, come on. Just give the people what they want, right? Yeah, I was, I'm with you there. I mean, have a consolidated snap share and throw to the people that everybody has on their fantasy roster, right? That Those are our two asks. Yeah. Is that so hard? The Chiefs have been so good at that in general. They might as well just give the people what they want and, and put Josh Gordon out there, you know? I mean, for this Tennessee team— People are going to, you know, potentially throw Anthony Ferkser in some line because it's the Chiefs and they've been pretty bad against the tight end. I think that would be a mistake. The the Titans had ran 53 plays last week, which isn't even that many. Ferkser only played 15 snaps. So to put that in perspective, Jeff Swaim played 38 
Michael Pruitt played 16, Ferkshire played 15. And that's with injuries to some of the wide receivers, some of their assets there. So, you know, he's just not getting the deployment that we hoped for. We hope he'd be playing a lot of slot. You know, he could be an okay DFS play, but, you know, you're playing with fire with a guy that's playing 15, 15 snaps. I mean, that's nothing, you know, you know, a fullback carry blazing game played nine chester rogers played 15 you know so just be careful with the next matchup we have the washington football team going up against the green bay packers here we know how bad washington secondary is so i think we can expect a lot of aaron Rodgers, Devontae adams this week yeah i mean you're the stack master does that feel this week where it's, you kind of have to make when you're making your lineups you kind of have to make one one stack there with uh, Rodgers. Yeah, it didn't work for you last week. Devontae Adams was a huge disappointment at $9,000, the most expensive receiver on the board. Um, but the week before, he went for 200 yards and, you know, score. So that's that's what his ceiling is. And this is a defense that we've seen give up points to everybody throwing the football. So it'd be hard-pressed to think, that, yeah, this is the week they go into Green Bay and stop Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. You know, that just doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's now is, he's not going to be back, right? He's, I don't believe so. No. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's a situation where you might want to even just go and call this your, you know, your, your stack game shooting potential. You know, I mean, it has a potential to be a shootout game and, you know, McLaurin and Adams could be good plays. You know, I'm from, from the Packers. I'm definitely starting Adams, definitely starting Alex Jones. I mean, Alex Jones, definitely starting. Um, what are you listening to when you're not in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, you get to get your tinfoil hats out. Uh, yeah. It's definitely starting Aaron Jones. Uh, definitely starting Rogers and probably not starting anybody else from that team. Alan Lazard plays a lot of snaps, but I think a lot of that is because he's a really good blocker. So, you know, not necessarily out there as a, a weapon that's going to soak up targets. On Washington, I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones is a start him if you got him type guy. If you paid for Ricky Seals-Jones and started him last week, I don't see why you wouldn't start him this week, you know, unless you only start him because you had Kyle Pitts. Beyond that, I mean, it's a good matchup. I have him as my tight end nine this week. You know, he plays every single snap, you know, a guy that you're, you're going to want to use. Uh, and then how do you feel about Antonio Gibson, man? What's your what's your take there? I, I tweeted it the other day that he's got, he's got what stress fracture in his shins, so there's a shin splints coop. I mean, whatever whatever he has going on, it's you know it doesn't seem it's, you can run against Green Bay though. So you know defensively, you know this is the matchup where he would be able to be successful, but you know you, you can't trust him. But unfortunately, if you have him on your team, it's not like you have anybody to play over him. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they are eight and a half point dogs, so it could be a McKissick game. I mean, McKissick. Yeah, that's fair. It could definitely. And he played well last week because they needed him to. Right. McKissick is only DFS for me because it's just he randomly just gets 10 targets in a game or, you know, 18 or then he, or he doesn't play at all. But this year so far, it's gone the, for which running back has scored the most points. It went it's gone. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. J.D. McKissick, every other game. So, you know, not what you wanted to see if you paid up for Antonio Gibson, right? Right. No, not at all. I mean, listen, there was a lot of expectations for him, and he came into the season a little injured. I think the – I don't know. Do you think Fitzpatrick going down has had a big impact on this offense? I mean, you know, you're expecting to be a little bit more downfield. You're expecting it to be a little bit more explosive, and – you know, Hineke obviously isn't the gunslinger that we consider Fitzpatrick to be. Maybe defenses don't have to worry as much as they may have had to had Fitzpatrick stayed healthy. 
Yeah, 100% matters. I'm with you on that. You know, they're not taking enough shots. It'd be with the amount of snaps that Deami Brown has been getting, it would be amazing. It would be awesome if Fitzpatrick is playing. You know, he got six targets last week, but only reeled in three of them. But he's the guy that would benefit most from Fitzmagic. I mean, he's still, to me, kind of a sneaky DFS play, given he played a ton of snaps. You know, 31 routes was second only to, I think McLaurin played 39. He had 31 and uh, no other player on the team ran more than 24 next highest was mckissick so or actually sorry ricky Seals jones plays every snap so he ran like 37 but you know deami brown can't trust him in a regular league but maybe a dfs play you know yeah certainly definitely possible there next matchup that we have on the board here we have carolina versus the giants giants are getting three points you know gross kind of right? definitely <laughs> gross definitely you know, gross. i mean last week i had the absolute miracle of all miracles in dfs i was cashing with a Panther stack of DJ Moore and Sam Darnold as my primary lineup. And Darnold, got, uh, he had a, what do you go, 98 yards, I think, on the final drive there to tie the game. Mm. Uh, and it was all him because he's a quarterback. He also ran. So he started, I think, with nine fantasy points. And by the time it was over, he had 17 and a half fantasy points for me. And, you know, some of those passes went to DJ Moore. DJ Moore also had a gross drop on a 15 or 16 yarder. Uh, and then they threw him, threw him in the end zone as well. Uh, and I think he got he got stopped early in the game at like the two. It was just it was a nightmare watching that game. But fortunately, they came through. I was able to cash there. But I don't want to trust it. It's it's a good, another good matchup for Darnold in that offense. But they've been so bad. And then they came out this week and Rule said he wants to establish the run more. So that's Chuba Hubbard, right? Where where are we going here, Coop? Yeah, what's the over under? It's got to be down below forty five, right? Forty three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you start Chuba, for sure. You start DJ Moore, for sure. Robbie Anderson, you know, maybe behind the scenes, he's been asked, you know, wondering why he's not more involved because they're throwing the ball to him. He's not ca- he's not catching it by any means, but I mean, a lot of targets. So kind of interesting in deeper full PPR leagues, but can't really trust Terrace Marshall. Can't trust any of the tight ends. They're not playing nearly enough snaps. So, you know, with Carolina, you kind of already know what you got going on. The Giants are a team that just been ravaged by injuries. Kadarius Tony was exciting, but you know, you know, came out. We said three catches on only six plays in the first drive. Now he's out. Kenny Galladay out. Sterling Shepard is a guy you start him if you got him for sure, right? I mean, what yeah, do you have? 14 100%. targets. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sterling Shepard's dialed in. I, dude, you can't ask me questions about Evan Ingram. I'm incapable of an unbiased take. Blinders on, complete blinders. I, I, I he's we're. I feel everyone's allowed to be a truther on one player. That's my player. So I'm pleading the fifth on all Evan Ingram questions. I'm starting him in some leagues this week. Uh, I recommended people start him because, you know, it's it's brutal out there for tight end. At least he's running the routes. You know, people ask him about Mo Alley Cox. The dude ran nine routes last week. You can't trust that. So Ingram's playing, you know, the last he's third in routes run or something like that. And like, you know, he's he was number one in routes run from the slot over the last two weeks so it's the guys out there he's you know the, the problem is when you play that much slot you face cornerbacks so but you know i think this week is a potential for him to have a big game any any week really is for a guy doing what he's doing but it's just it's tough you know yeah so. it is definitely uh tough for sure not a great matchup that you want to have exposure to now that is really the next one here we have the detroit lions versus the los angeles rams here coop uh, Detroit going into Los Angeles. It's a 15-point spread. It's a 50-and-a-half game total. You got the revenge games here. Goff against his old team. Stafford going up against his old team. Uh, I said last week, you know, my worry with Stafford was, was he going to score enough before they take him out or go to the run? 
Fortunately, he threw three or four touchdowns before they ended up taking him out uh, of that game. But now we're back in the same scenario. For DFS and seasonal purposes, you know, if, if some of those touchdowns go more to the run than the pass and they go up four scores again, he may on the, be on the pine and, and stop accumulating points for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that's a, that's a very weird matchup for sure. I mean, think about, I just think back to the week one with George Kittle was just asked to block the whole game because they were up by 30 points, you know, until there was six minutes left and like games that you think that's going to be a great opportunity, but sometimes it just ends up being a terrible situation. I worry about that for Higby, not to mention with Johnny Munt out. So Johnny Munt's out now, Higby is now officially the best blocking tight end on the team. I'm probably steering away from him. Obviously you start Dale Henderson you start Cooper Cup, and you start Robert Woods. So I think Stafford's the only one where you might have better options um, just because, you know, they might not throw it a ton. But, it'll, you know, a lot of people, if you just have Stafford, then roll him out there. Uh, yeah, calling out Jared Goff this week. I didn't see what he said. He says he needs to step up or he needs to do more, one of those two things. Wow, interesting. I mean, Goff has always been the dude that, that goes for the low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Throws it to... The guy run the short routes, he throws it to Cooper Cup, and then, you know, if they cover Cooper Cup, you would throw it to Higby. It's Now he just dumps it down to the running back pretty much every play. I wonder if that's what he's getting at. But, you know, for me, I'm starting Swift. I'm starting Hawkinson where I have those guys, and that's kind of about it. We were hoping Monroe St. Brown would have transitioned into a guy that plays more in two wide sets. He played 17 snaps in Week 5. This past week, he played four uh, out wide. He just went back to being the inside guy. It was Kadero Hodge and Khalif Raymond on the outsides. And with Jared Goff, I can't really, you know, I can't vouch for those guys, you know. So maybe DFS or whatever, but probably stay away from Amon St. Brown for now. Yep. Uh, Next matchup, we have the Eagles versus the Raiders. I wrote this up my quarterback coach this week. Jalen Hurts in terms of being a real-life quarterback. Nothing special in terms of being a fantasy quarterback. The nuts. He's averaging 26 fantasy points a game this year. You know, the rest of that offense... Touch and go. They traded Ertz. Goddard's still on the COVID IR. Devonta Smith is great. Quez Watkins, I guess, is starting to pick up uh, a little steam. When they actually gave Miles Sanders the football last week, shocker, he was good. Let's see if that ever decides to continue. On the flip side, the Raiders responded nicely to John Gruden not being in there anymore last week. Had a really good game. Uh, Jacob's good. Cars look good. Rugs caught a touchdown. Uh, thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, so I tweeted some stats out, you know, I think this was actually last season, but in the in the in one of the weeks with Ertz out, Dallas Goddard played 36 snaps in the slot, had a 95% route participation. And then the first game that got, that Ertz came back, he moved back in line, only played nine slot snaps and had a 66% route participation. So this is a very exciting week for, you know, Goddard and tight end enthusiasts. If he does move into a role where he's playing more slot, playing more wide receiver, you know, running, being the being the go-to guy in that offense, I'll I'll move him up into the the tier where I have guys, you know, Pitts and Hogginson and Mark Andrews, because I think, you know, he's one of the few guys that could be a top two target on the team. Devonta Smith has, you know, earned his snaps, he's earned his targets, but beyond that, nobody's really separated themselves out of Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager. So, you know, I'm definitely interested there. With Miles Sanders, you know, he's getting the work. If you got him, find a spot for him, whether it's RB2 or flex, it's just mobile quarterbacks are bad for running backs. It's a tale as old as time, you know, because Jalen Hurts looks at it, you know, if I'm out there or Drew Brees is out there, I see the running back there and I flip him the ball because he's the superior athlete. But Jalen Hurts, in his mind, he thinks, oh, I got a blocker here for me, you know, so don't really love that situation for Miles Sanders. With the Raiders, Darren Waller every week and 
Josh Jacobs. I mean, Kenyon Drake scored twice, but he didn't. He hardly even played. If I think he only played something crazy uh, here. I'll, I'll might as well just pull it up. He only played 11 snaps. So yeah, yeah. hard to trust that guy. You know. Right. So, you know, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, entirely format dependent, right? If you're in a big 14-man league where you start three wide receivers and there's two flexes or whatever, then you're happy to have those guys. In smaller leagues, you probably have somebody a little bit safer, you know? So play it it by ear with those guys. Yep. I agree with you on that one. Next matchup, we have Chicago Bears going into face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Coop. I texted you earlier. Tom Brady has 14 passing touchdowns in three home starts this season. That is almost five passing touchdowns a game for those doing the math at home. Chicago actually has a, I think they rank sixth in DVOA against the pass, but I mean, Tom Brady is just on another level. He's on pace for 5,500 yards and 50 touchdowns. You know, Tom versus time, Tom, Tom wins again. Right. Yeah. He's a cyborg. There's no question. So I think that, you know, in this one for the Buccaneers, you just start them all, right? You start Brady, Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette. I don't really tr- – Cameron Brait ran more routes than O.G. Howard, so I actually rank Brait over Howard if, you ha- if you're if you in super desperation mode, but probably should avoid that if you can. But the rest of those guys, I mean, I, you can't sit Evans, right? No, you can't sit any of them. Right. You know, so, that's, just, that's just – you just hope that they catch the football when it's thrown to them, but – uh, as I shared with you uh, last week as well, Coop, you know, we were kind of right on the money with Antonio Brown. Right? If you look mm-hmm. at their per per game averages this year, and then you pace it out for every game, it's 11 games remaining in the season. The end of season stats would be Antonio Brown with 1,300 and something yards and almost 100 catches. And that's while playing one less game than everybody. So. Yeah, play, playing one less game, and he he also he only plays 60% of the snaps. And here's here's the here's a crazy stat in comparison with the Bears, right? So Tom Brady's thrown the ball 270 times. The Bears as a team have thrown it 149 times, right? So you look at Antonio Brown's target share, he's getting roughly 15% of the targets on that team, you know, which typically it's not really that high, It's but it's just high-quality targets. On the Bears, you look at uh, Cole Komet is the third target on the team, and his 24 targets is 16.7% of the targets for that team. Allen Robbins is getting like 25% of the targets and Darnell Mooney's above 20 as well. So hypothetically speaking, if this team were to actually throw the ball for one time, which if they're ever going to do it, it's against the Buccaneers who are letting up 50 rushing yards a game or something silly. So when I look at this particular game, this is kind of a put up or shut up game for the Bears players, you know, Allen Robinson, he could be droppable at this point, you know, but if they do throw 40 times, 25% of that is 10 targets. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what Allen Robinson's been getting. So definitely sneaky DFS plays. Cole Komet, another one that I'm putting in some DFS lineups and starting in some real lineups where I'm in a tough situation. But, you know, this is the week where we're going to find out. We're going to get some answers. You know, if they if they even, they, they could just be the Jaguars last year where they just Run, keep you should run the ball even when you're losing. Win or lose, you just run it, and then sometimes you just lose. They could be one of those teams, and if they are, then you drop all those guys. But this could be a week where they show that you know when their backs against the wall, they're a normal football team. You know. Yeah, for sure. Next matchup here, Houston versus Arizona. You have DeAndre Hopkins going up against his former team, though he hasn't hasn't had a hundred yard game yet this season. That maybe comes this week here. Cooper, seventeen and a half points spread in this one. Yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins, the situation with him is I think he he has a bad rib cartilage injury, 
which I've actually had that happen before where you don't break your ribs, but you separate the cartilage in between them. And it hurts a mofo, man. You can't breathe. You can't sleep at night. If you cough, you know, it's, it ruins your day. So I think that's what's going on with him where they're using him on a like need to basis. He's so good that he's out there. And when it's 10 and they get him in man to man, they throw it to him. But I think that they're attempting at least to, you know, not put him in a situation to re-aggravate that because it's, those are the type of injuries that, you know, unlike a broken bone, when it's healed, it's healed. When you have, you know, torn cartilage or whatever, it's, you know, if you just let it heal, you're good, but you get hit and now all of a sudden it two more weeks of pain, you know? Right. So I think, I think he's going to be, fun. there's going to be a point where he's healthy and he's just dominating. He usually does. I think right now though, they're just, this could be another game where they say, okay, let's not, you know, let's not get DeAndre hurt we're 17 point favorites you know what i mean so you know i in that game i'm hopkins you know do you have anywhere where you're starting christian kirk i know i'm starting him in a few places i definitely have some spots where i'm playing him just because of bye weeks and whatnot so you know i'm gonna roll him out there and hope he's the one that gets the targets right it's yeah it's just such a spread out. it's a, it's the opposite of the consolidation that we Ertz, you can't trust him yet but it'll be good to see what that's gonna look you know Max yeah. Williams was producing, so you know there's an opportunity there. Do you anybody on the Texans outside of Brandon Cooks where you need him? No. Yeah, it's bad. Nico Collins is at least playing a lot, which is fun for his dynasty owners. Get a chance to see what he looks. Jordan Akins is actually ran a decent number of routes, but they Pharaoh Brown for his blocking. Pharaoh Brown played 40 snaps, but only ran 15 routes. Jordan Akins played 32, and he ran 27 routes. So I mean. Akins is the guy you would lean to if you must, but this is actually a terrible tight end matchup. Isaiah Simmons is, he just terrorizes tight ends. So, you know, Akins can't really touch him. So, I mean, maybe in an absolute pinch, because you know it's going to be a negative game script, David Johnson in a full PPR league. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Nico Collins came back, had six targets last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of interesting, right? Chris, Chris Moore, not interested. I know, I know he's friends with David Cully when they were from, they were in Baltimore together, but that only takes you so far, I think. You know, I think that's a bad way of picking talent. You know yeah. what I mean? Next matchup, we have the Colts versus the 49ers. I think Garoppolo might play in this game, you know, uh, from things I was reading. Jermichael Hasty, I think, is going to be activated off IR, possibly available for this game. I saw T.Y. Hilton is questionable to play after his... You know, solid game last week. You know, where are you? You have the 49ers coming off a bye here against the Colts. Tail as old as time. What's the spread? The 49ers got to be favored, right? San Francisco minus four over under 44. Oh, 44, man. There's so many ugly games this week. Just bad offenses going against good defenses and just weird, weird slate. Yeah. So, you know, I think with the Colts, you start Michael Pittman where you got him. You start... Jonathan Taylor, where you got him. Naheem Hines, I don't. His usage as of late, he just has not been getting enough. You know, Jonathan Taylor's been kind of clawing away at the pass work, too. That was his kind of one saving grace. You know, T.Y. Hilton is banged up, which Taylor is old as time, right? So Paris Campbell's not doing enough. He's not getting enough snaps for me. And Zach Paschal gets a lot of snaps, and he's Zach Paschal, which is the been always been the problem. You know, he's a very good... If you're a, you know, if you actually own a football team and you're a GM, you love Zach Pascal because he plays all the special teams units. He plays all four. And when someone's hurt, he can play all the wide receiver positions, all three of them. So it's he's, he's a perfect guy to have on the roster because you can when he can play all three wide receiver positions, that's wide receivers that you don't have to roster. So you're the guy in real life football, fantasy football. Not so much. So yep. not interested there. Debo Samuel, you start him everywhere you got him. 100%. Brand- yep. Brandon Ayuk is perplexing. So I, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. 
Right. It's crazy. Try not to start. Got in the doghouse or never didn't try or who who the heck knows. But right. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Mike Davis or Elijah Mitchell. Mike Davis is the the measuring stick. I think you're playing Davis. Listen, I don't know. You know, they're hasty. And then hasty actually had nine carries for whatever it was in the game. They ended up getting hurt and they say he's good to go. I think Hasey's leaping sermon and it could be a split to lean hasty over Mitchell, possibly. This, this week. Yeah. Wouldn't that be such a Shanahan, Shanahan punch in the face move for everybody? Classic Shanahan for the snaps the coming out of this week to be, you know, Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk plays 70 snaps. Right. And, right. And Jamichael Hasty plays, you know, 30. And then Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell each play 20. You know, it's just some weird split that nobody sees coming. So I'm with you on that. I I don't I, I Elijah Mitchell is just such he's a back end of your roster player that you play in an absolute nightmare situation, which I am starting him in a couple where my only other option is Brandon Bolden. You know what right. I mean? So uh, speaking of potential nightmare situation, we have the final game of the slate. We have New Orleans versus Seattle. Uh, Seattle's a Monday night football game. Alex Collins is questionable to play. Rashard Penny got activated off IR. There's DJ Dallas. There's Travis Homer. You don't know who's going to be the guy to carry the football come Monday. If Collins is out, you think it's Penny, but can you trust Penny given his history? Probably not. Dallas, you need him in a PPR format. Homer's just sort of a change of pace guy. But all of that is up against the Saints defense that nobody's been able to run on against for five years. So, uh, And you have Geno Smith as a quarterback. I mean – None of this is good for Seattle. I don't anything I've really seen out of the New Orleans offense either. We, we find out that Michael Thomas is not close to ready. People were hopeful he'd be back after their bye. It's, that's not looking that's coming anytime soon. Alvin Kamara is getting good rushing volume, but the pass work has been sporadic. You know, this is going to be an ugly Monday Night Football game. So you're telling me that the Chiefs are playing the Titans at one o'clock. And the Sunday night game, it has a 44-point over-under. And then the Monday night game has a 43-point over-under. Oh, yeah, it's gross. Oh, man, come on, dude. They need the flex scheduling for dude, the whole these, year. Dude, the, the primetime games this week, right, are Denver at Cleveland with, with Case Keenum. <laughs> 41 <laughs> over-under. It's Indy versus San Francisco with Garoppolo and Wentz at 44. And then it's New Orleans and Seattle at 43. Nobody yeah. wants these prime packs. Geno Smith, Geno Smith, and and uh, Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill. <laughs> right, and I, I mean, uh, what's the what's the four o'clock game? Is it is it Chicago versus Tampa Bay? A twelve and a half point spread in that one? Like, none of those games are appealing. Dude, the other four, one of the other, there's three, there's four four o'clock games. Four four o'clock games. One has a one dude. The twelve and a half point spread is one of the better games. The yeah, other ones are sorry, it's Philadelphia versus Las Vegas. Who nobody wants to yeah. watch. So, but dude, what were they doing with this week? And there's six teams on bye week. What were they doing? Yeah, what, they, they haven't hit the time where they're allowed to flex yet. So we're, we're all screwed. Is week eight? There's only two teams on bye. I know there's something, some formula thing that says this way it has to be, but I mean, just a ridiculous week. So I mean, the Saint and the the Seahawks, the the tight ends are splitting. Right. And plus the Saints are one of the better teams versus the tight end. Demario Davis, Malcolm Jenkins just kind of make life hell for those guys. So it's, you know, I guess you, you start DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's kind of tough to trust, too, now. But you start you start DK. Right. And do you start anyone outside of Alvin Kamara on the Saints? No, I can't even can't trust any of the receivers. Think of it. Can't name. trust the tight ends. Can't trust the quarterback. 
I mean, you can play Jameis and just hope he throws for touchdowns against his bad Seattle defense, but you know, you can't really pick the receiver to go with him. So yeah, it's just not good, man. It's not no, good. A lot of ugliness. So uh, as we've as we've just gone over this slate was the bipocalypse as as Coop dubbed it earlier. I love that. And as we broke it down, it it honestly feels even worse than that. So good luck to everybody that's out with your matchups. Obviously, you know where you can get us on Twitter. Me at jmpemba seven seven seven. You get Coop at Coop a Fiasco. We're all over the pages at Fantasy Alarm. We're in the Discord helping you guys out as well. Coop and I are on the Sunday live stream. It should be a good Sunday live stream, you and I, this week, Coop. So we'll be in for everybody there for their start to say questions. Uh, any final thoughts here? Yeah. So, uh, dude, I actually had somebody DM me, and they were like, hey, dude, I have a wedding next week, and I totally forgot to get my suit dry cleaned and sitting in the back of my car, in the back seat of my car. He's like, thank you, man. So <laughs> so the lifestyle the lifestyle tip there actually paid off. I'll give so I'll give people one more lifestyle tip. If people that then maybe we'll we'll do them at the end of the shows. But dude, this one is kind of goes in line with the wedding thing. If you are an adult, which you know a lot of people listening at this point are, and you're you know, you're no longer growing, go out and buy yourself a good pair of brown shoes and a good pair of black shoes. And I'm talking Goodyear welted shoes. You know, you don't have to spend 500 bucks, but you should be spending at least 150, 200 bucks. Get something Allen Edmonds, something like that. And the, with these type of shoes, like you can have the bottoms resold. That's the whole point of the Goodyear welting. You can get decent shoes, pay up a little bit on them, and then you never have to worry about it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? As long as you take care of the top of the shoes, you can just get the soles put on at like 10, 15 years. These can be your shoes for the rest of your life. Some people out there, you know, they say they hate the dress shoes. They hate the way they fit. You know, they have to throw them away once they, you know, start getting the bottom start, you know, coming apart or whatever. My grandfather had the same shoes for his entire adult life. You know what I mean? So go out, get yourself a pair of good year welted shoes. If anybody wants some recommendations, DM me. I'll help you with that. So that's the, the, the tip for this week, lifestyle tip, get yourself some nice shoes for once so that you don't have to get more shoes in the future. If you hate shopping for shoes, you know, which I do, then just buy good shoes one time and then you won't have to anymore. So That's how I feel about a lot of things. I'd rather spend up on the one thing that works than buy 10 pairs of the cheap kind. So. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Just so you get it done with, you know what I mean? And not to mention with those ones, they, the sizing goes, people don't even realize this. The sizing goes beyond just seven, eight, nine. They have widths and stuff and they have different lasts that fit, you know? So you, if you walk into an Allen Edmonds and the person will actually take out a thing, measure your foot, look at the shape of your foot and find shoes that fit your foot. And then you're, they'll fit better forever. You'll dance better at weddings, you know? So go out, you know, and then, you know, Beckett Simon in place Meerman, you know, 150, 200 bucks shoes for your life. So there you go works for us so that's it everybody go get some good shoes and you'll uh, be a lot happier in life for sure that wraps up for coop and i we will catch you guys next week